Are you confused about real food and what's healthy and good for the planet? Do you need the facts about local, organic, and sustainable food? Well, get ready to change the way you eat. Get ready for The Appropriate Omnivore with Aaron Zober. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Appropriate Omnivore. I'm your host, Aaron Zober, covering lifestyles in the world of real food. This Sunday is the grandest Sundays of them all, Super Bowl Sunday. On my blog, I've got a series of articles about better choices you can make with the food you serve at your Super Bowl parties. This includes my new article on the best sourdough, ancient grain, and grain-free crackers. My guest today, Don Kelly, is co-founder and CEO of Doctor in the Kitchen, which produces flackers, flaxseed crackers, and has options for both ancient and grain-free. Don, welcome to the program. Hi, Aaron. Great to be on the program. It's great to have you on. We've talked about this for a while, and your company has been a great supporter of my blog, so I'm glad that we're able to do this, and I think what a better time than right before the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Big snacking occasion. Let's get started. How did you get involved with Doctor in the Kitchen? Sure. It goes back a ways now. Uh, we've been around for in market for at least 14 years. My background prior to co-founding Doctor in the Kitchen was I came from big companies, big food. I worked for Pillsbury, started out at General Mills and Sales and you know, I did a stint at Best Buy and I had grown apart from uh, being with big companies and was doing some consulting. And my personal desire was to get into something a little bit more meaningful when I did my consulting, but I just so happened to run into a doctor at the dog park. It's a great story. I was walking my dog. I ran into the uh, doctor and we started chatting and she uh, had developed flackers and had tried to bring them to market. And conversation kind of went like, well, what do you do? And what do you do? And I explained that one of the projects I was working on is I bring products to market. And she said, oh, I have a product. And that's how Doctor in the Kitchen, the company was kind of born. We literally started, she had the recipes, we did some design, and we went to a couple local co-ops here in the Twin Cities and showed it to some of the buyers. And they said, oh yeah, we take that. And then we had to figure out how to make them in a commercially appropriate way. So we went down that path and completed the packaging, figured out how to make them. We got a commercial kitchen and would make the product off hours and I would put it in my Jeep and deliver it to the stores. And that's how we started. Five stores, five co-ops here in the Twin Cities. I love that story. Another advantage of owning a dog. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And when you started, what was the main focus of the product that you marketed as? At the time, what intrigued me first and foremost about the product was the doctor, Allison. She's a medical doctor, but she also did integrative medicine and had clients on the side. And she had been serving these crackers, the flackers to her patients and they loved them. And her patients were, it was really you know, a lot of dietary issues that they were challenged with, primarily gluten-free, right? Uh, gluten intolerance. And so that was kind of the focus at the time was that, look, here, flackers are simple ingredients and they're made from whole seeds. We would soak the seeds and start the germination and they're super healthy for you, whether you're gluten-free or not. But it was a solution for people who were gluten-free at the time because there wasn't really a lot of gluten-free options out there, particularly crispy, crunchy type options. And so that was kind of the focus. And they loved them. And being from a bigger company where, you know, you could do all the market research in the world, almost too much, what was intriguing to me was that there was a built-in 
market research group, people that were already loving these things. So that combination of all that was intriguing to me. And on top of that, when I wanted to kind of leave corporate American consulting, I wanted to focus on something that was good for people and good for the world versus marketing processed foods or luxury items or whatever, what have you. I wanted to do something that was meaningful and it kind of fit. And it was so really a good occurrence for me to find that. But also that's really what the gluten-free and the health benefits was really intriguing. You're right that there weren't a lot of gluten-free crackers on the market. I would also add there weren't a lot of great tasting gluten-free crackers on the market. I've tasted a lot of them and not impressed. That's what I love so much about Flackers and why I wanted to have you on is you found a way that these gluten-free crackers could actually taste good and specifically flaxseed crackers could taste good and have flavor to them, something that you want to eat. Absolutely. I mean, that's a good point. A lot of the gluten-free options, I think at the time and early on were still processed, didn't taste good. And what I liked, same thing. It's like, wow, these taste actually good. Who would have thought that you could make flaxseeds taste good, you know? Right. They taste good. And also, as you talked about, they're healthy. What do you see as the main health benefits of Flacker's crackers? Yeah, I like to say that we're the healthiest cracker out there. And I truly believe that because, as an example, our sea salt flacker is only three ingredients. And it's flaxseed, apple cider vinegar, and sea salt. So it's really flaxseed, right? And they taste great. And for me, that overall health halo, the idea of you can choose to eat this, a flacker, or something else. You just make that choice, and it's a better choice for you. But when you dig down and say, well, why are they better? Well, flax seeds are just superfood. Themselves are just powerhouses of nutrition, right? And really, the flax has a lot of minerals in it and vitamins, but it's got omega-3 fatty acids, which is particularly important for vegans because they're not eating and getting their omega-3 fatty acids from animals. And the big thing is fiber. There's a decent amount of protein in their plant-based protein. So you're not eating empty calories. You know, you're eating something that's good for you, holistically good for you, but flax in particular has these great properties. And that to me is the biggest benefit. But even if someone doesn't care about any of that and they make a choice to eat a flacker versus something else, they've made the right healthful choice. Yes, I would say the right healthful choice and the right tasty choice because a lot of flaxseed crackers I hadn't liked the taste of. Had you done some R&D into making a flaxseed cracker that you think people would like? Honestly, some people would call it flackers polarizing. Some people like them, some people don't, some people love them. It's about flavor. You know, I think people who choose for healthy ingredients, I think the research used to say, look, what's the priority in someone's liking of a cracker with a health-oriented product? The first thing is health-oriented, good for you. Secondarily is taste. And taste is equally, if not more important. And so we're constantly looking at our current products. I mean, we really haven't changed the formula through the years. We've added some flavors. And the idea is that we wanted to get a little bit more broad liking of our product with different flavors and the right flavors. And we're constantly looking for what's the next flavor? What's the next variation that is absolutely delicious and someone would just as much want to have as if they're eating a Dorito or a regular cracker. Yes, and we'll get into the different flavors in a little bit and what you're looking at developing. But before we do that, another thing I've noticed about Flackers is you do have a lot of different certifications. Were these ones that you all had at the beginning or is it something that you worked on over time to get? A little bit of both, more so over time. And we've had the same certifications for many years now. First and foremost, we've always been organic. And I think 
that plays into being the healthiest cracker out there. Someone who chooses organic, there can be unhealthy organic products in terms of at least nutrition value and all that, but organic means you're using clean ingredients and non-GMO, something that's organic, you can't have GMOs in it. So we've always been organic and through the years we've added certified gluten-free and we've added non-GMO project verified which is a little bit redundant with organic because you can't have GMO products in your organic products. We've added kosher over the years. So, you know, our certifications are organic, certified gluten-free, verified non-GMO, and kosher. So those are ours. And, you know, we've added them on through the years, but you know, our intent is to always have those, uh, or at least organic, kosher, and certified gluten-free. Do you think organic is the most important certification to have? I do, yeah. I would agree with that as well because I think... First and foremost, you want a food that wasn't sprayed with any harsh chemicals, pesticides, herbicides, any of that. So I would concur. And we did talk about, actually by program last week, about the whole thing of the non-GMO versus organic. The non-GMO certification does not mean no pesticides, which some people think. So I think it is important that you have both certifications. There are advantages of the non-GMO, I think. Like you said, it's redundant because organic doesn't use GMOs, but... Is part of the reason that you do that because some people don't put those two together and they want to see the non-GMO verified on the package? Yeah, I think so. I think that's why non-GMO came out because I don't know if consumers necessarily had that full understanding of GMOs and whether organic was non-GMO or not. So I think early on, yes, I think more and more though, I think people are learning that organic can have GMOs in it. So it's good to have both. It's a nice confirmation for consumers to make it more clear for them. Mm -hmm. Are there any certifications you're looking for for the future in Doctor in the Kitchen? Not necessarily at this point. I mean, I think the ones we have pretty much cover everything. I mean, I know there's certifications out there about vegan and things like that. And we thought through that, but I think our product's so simple and straightforward that consumer can kind of understand that we are plant-based, 100% plant-based. But beyond that, there's nothing on the horizon that we're looking to add right now. Got it. And now let's get into the flavors of Flackers. What are the different flavors that you offer? Yeah. So when we launched, we had three flavors. We had savory, which is garlic, onion, red chili pepper, and some basil. That was our number one flavor at the time. We had rosemary, which is essentially flax, apple cider vinegar, sea salt, rosemary and sage. That's the ingredients in that one. And then we had a dill flavor, which we've since discontinued, which by the way, that was my favorite flavor at the time, but we didn't get a lot of uptake on that. Dill was a little bit more polarizing. As a dill picker lover, I probably would have loved that too. I confess I haven't had that one. Well, I, in the back of my mind, keep thinking I'm going to bring it out as a special at some point in time, because we did have some very passionate dill lovers at the time. I think you should try to bring it out again. Maybe bring it out for National Pickle Month in July or something like that. Hey, I'm going to make a note of that. I have a calendar that has all the national days, and I didn't want the National Pickle Month, but that's a good one. Oh, yeah. I have a calendar with that, too, but I'm always adding ones to mine. Sure. July is a good National Pickle Month, so stay tuned, we'll say. So those were the original ones, and then consumers would write in and say, well, geez, how come you don't have a plain one? Because if you look at crackers out there, there's always a plain one. And we had tried and we just really couldn't get a good flavor, I think, with a plain one. And I don't know what the hurdle was that we overcome, but we overcame, but we came up with sea salt and that shot right to the top as our number one, which probably because, I mean, it does taste great and it can go with a lot of different things. So we added sea salt along the way. And then we 
came out with some toasted flacker flavors that we added some other seeds in with. So we had a, a hemp and hatch green chili toasted flacker. That too, we've discontinued. There's some more complexities in that than just it wasn't a good product. Some people really love that, but we chose to move on from that. We have a black sesame, black pepper toasted version. And we also had a quinoa version of the toasted and which we've also since discontinued and that was mainly because of uptick so we're constantly looking for these new flavors to add but you can only have so many flavors out there you know there's a lot of business reasons to have a smaller assortment from a production standpoint and so on and so forth and being able to make every one of them it just gets a little complicated but then so after the toasted versions we came out couple of years ago, right in the middle of COVID of all times, we came out with uh, three new flavors of a flax and fonio grain cracker. So our attempt there was to try to make cracker that was a little bit more mainstream, feeling like a regular cracker, but while retaining the benefits of the flaxseed and mixing with a, a really cool ancient grain called fonio that's out of West Africa. We introduced three flavors of that one. We introduced a everything flavor, kind of a take off on the everything bagel. And we really worked hard to try to get that flavor to be like an everything bagel. We came up with a garden veggie version, which is excellent. And then we had a simply salted version, which we've since discontinued as well, because there's a little bit of redundancy with our sea salt placker. So those are the lineup that we have. Oh, and we, I'm sorry, we have two others that I failed to mention these, but these are very important because they're excellent. We have a sweet placker, which is cinnamon and currant, and we have some really passionate fans of the cinnamon current ones, although we don't have a lot of distribution on that. But it's for people who there's no added sugar, you get sweetness from the currants within it. And people who avoid sugar just love that. And then we have a tomato basil version, which has really got a great tomato flavor to it. But again, that one's not in a lot of distribution. You can only find it in our site or some other online sites and limited retail distributions. I love the Fonio. Those are actually my favorites of all of yours. And Ancient Grains... There were some ancient grain crackers, not a lot. And it was a similar thing that I didn't like the taste of a lot of ancient grain crackers. And when I had yours, I said, okay, now we're coming up with ways that ancient grains can actually taste good. Right. I think, in fact, I think I remember when you tasted them out at uh, probably Expo West. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amazing. And how did you learn about Fonio? Because I know a lot about ancient grains. I actually was not familiar with that specific one. Yeah, the Fonio, when I learned about it, I was like, wow, I got to do something with this. And I learned about it from my flax supplier. My flax supplier based here in Minnesota, but they had been looking at other types of grains and they started looking at Fonio and they were starting to make a market for it. Fonio is out of West Africa and it's a grain that grows drought-like conditions. So it's highly sustainable and renewable. And that's really what piqued my interest. And it's also gluten-free. And so a lot of people agree that we need to do things that are right for the earth and not deplete the environment. And there's a lot of crackers out there that might use almond flour, the rice flour, cassava. And I didn't want to use one of those. You could go on and on about why almonds take a lot of water to produce. And I just didn't want to replicate and do that. And when I found out that, hey, here's something to try that I learned through my plaque supplier, they said they built a facility in Car Senegal and to clean it. And there was a great community story there too that helps the community and helps reduce the steps to market for community, family farmers. It just was all around really good story. 
so we gave it a try and, and I think we did come up with some pretty good flavors out there. The thing though is that Fonio is relatively unknown in the U.S. You're starting to see products out there in the market. Fonio kind of tastes like couscous and it's really tiny and gluten-free as I mentioned, but it's a staple in West Africa, but it's not broadly known in the U.S. My hope is that with flackers using Fonio and some of these other products that people learn more about it and make more of a market for it here in the U.S. I hope so, too, because Fonio is amazing. The taste is amazing. And I also like how you got into that it's sustainable for the earth. And that's another area that I wanted to get into. So that's a nice lead. In what ways would you say that flackers, in addition to being great for our health, is also great for our planet? Yeah, it's very similar. Flax, it's a harvested crop, but it's renewable. You plant it one year and plant it the next year. Hope the harvest is good because that's always a concern. But it's seed that is renewable. And anything plant-based that's renewable, I think, is a good thing for the earth. Definitely. And with the renewable, now we're getting into the regenerative agriculture. Could you see Doctor in the Kitchen getting more invest in farms that are truly regenerative in addition to being organic? You know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we haven't looked specifically to try to do that, but that certainly would be something on the horizon for us. Anything that is good for the earth, I think we're open to looking at. I think the challenge sometimes like with flaxseed is it's only grown in certain parts of the world. The flax basket, sort of like the bread basket in the North America is up into Canada and North Dakota, Montana, Minnesota here. And I think a step to kind of do that would be to try to find farmers who have more direct relationship with farmers, whether it's probably through our supplier who has really good relations with farmers, is to find a way to dig a little bit deeper to understand how products are grown and rotated and how you don't deplete the soil. We haven't, like I said, looked into that specifically, but that certainly would be something on the horizon for us to look at. Yes. In addition to that, do you have any new flavors which are on the horizon? As we speak, I'm working on a few things. What's important is there's a lot of activity in crackers and alternative grain, gluten-free crackers. A lot of people come out with new things and we have to always be looking at what's new in terms of flavors or variations. And you know, I'm working on right now is a multi-seed cracker, you know, which we kind of did with our toasted versions, but looking at mixing a couple other seeds with flackers to come out with something that's just as healthy and tastes great, you know, a little lighter texture with some interesting flavors that I'm looking at. Are you in the early stages of these now? Well, I'm looking at launching fairly soon, whether it's on our website or with some key retail or e-commerce partners. We're working on it right now. I mean, literally last week, I'm in the final stages of developing these things and we're trying to nail down what the right flavors are. So stay tuned. It, it could be fairly soon. You'll see something in the next six months. I mean, what's great is that we're our own manufacturer, right? So we can move pretty quickly on getting something ready for market. You know, only, only delays for us end up being around package design and printing packaging and then working it in our production schedule. So you may see something sooner than you think. <laughs> Have you always been your own manufacturer? No, not always. When we started out, as I was explaining earlier, we had to find a commercial kitchen. So what that looked like was a bakery and we would go in in the evening when it wasn't being used, put our dehydrators in there because we dehydrate and mix it up and come back two days later and have six cases, right? So we were at the very beginning. Then we got more traction and had to figure out how to make it on a larger scale. But we initially tried to find someone to make it for us and do co-packing, but no one would really take it on because the process for making flackers was unique and finding dehydrator capacity was a challenge. So we opened up our own small production facility. We were fortunate to find a place that was kind of set up for that and we didn't have to invest a lot in building that out, but we had to actually buy more dehydrators and then built our own dehydrators. 
And so we did manufacturing then, and then we moved on. We found someone that would make it for us and have gone through a couple different cofactors, but one of them, the last one we had, gave us the opportunity to take it over and run it ourselves. So we jumped at the chance to do that, and now we have our own production facility that we can do that, and we're actually looking at making other products as well for ourselves, but also for other companies too. What are some of the other products that you're looking at making for yourself and for other companies? Yeah, without revealing too much, I think other companies, I kind of have to be careful on that. It's kind of confidential, but for us, the capability to do bars, for example, is something that we are looking to be able to do, whether it's an item for us. We used to have another product line called Seedsters, which was I really loved, which was a combination of sunflower seeds, chia seeds, and flax seeds. And they were like these little nuggets, but we really didn't have the capability to make them the right way. And on top of that, people didn't know what to do with them. So I've always had this hope and desire to bring those back to life, whether it's called that or something else. So like a little cluster or nugget is always something that's interesting to me. That would probably be where I would look to go soon, but you know, got to have the right piece of equipment, which we do now. So that would be where I'd be looking to go. There's a lot of other variations. What I've learned is as a company, if you're dependent on one product, it increases your risk. If you have a downswing in placards, well, then you don't have something else to sell. You got to start really managing the business real carefully, you know, which you do anyways. But having other products that deliver the same consumer benefits and are tasty will only help out the overall business. So we're definitely looking at ways to do that, whether it's the clusters or something else. Could you see yourself using Fonio in some of these additional products? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be great to have things such as snack bars with Fonio in it. There's no one out there like that. So it would definitely be something that I think could be interesting. And it's all about being able to make it right in the equipment and and come up with the right flavor. And we definitely have the capabilities to do something like that. You do. And as we've talked about the different flavors, many great options. And flackers, of course, they're great to eat on their own, but you can also combine them with other foods as you typically do with crackers. What are some of your favorite foods to combine flackers with? Yeah, I'm kind of a traditionalist on flackers. When we started, we always would, when we do demos, and I've done countless demos over the years, we always use hummus and or guacamole. Still still a great combination with guacamole, particularly like our savory flavor goes great with guacamole. Sea salt goes with everything. But those are kind of the traditional dips that I like. The dill flavor back in the day, what I loved to eat that one with was uh, like a smoked salmon spread because it just dill and salmon always worked. So that was a favorite of mine. But, you know, flackers can eat it with so many different things. I just like to say, eat it with your favorite healthy dip. And for me, it ends up being like a hummus or we do like, I don't know if you've heard of this product out there called bitchin' sauce. It goes great with flackers and that's a plant-based dip and it's really good. And yeah, I can go through a container of that at a Super Bowl party, for example. Perfect, as that's what we're talking about. And in my blog, you'll see a bunch of different articles of Super Bowl foods. So, of course, I've got some grass-fed cheeses and sustainable cold cuts that you can buy them with. That would be some of my favorite things. To- Absolutely. In fact, charcuterie boards are still all the rage, and flackers go great on a charcuterie board, particularly if it's a different, healthier cracker option. Exactly. Speaking of healthier cracker options... How do you see the crackers arena overall? Do you think there's still need for a lot more healthier and sustainable crackers? Yeah, I think I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of activity in crackers, and it has been over the years, which new players coming in with 
healthy, not so healthy, but really leading towards more of the healthy, I think, or at least perceived healthy. So there's a lot of activity in there. Is there something that's not covered that's like a consumer need that's not covered? I don't know. When I think about flackers in particular and us being, as I call us, the healthiest cracker out there, I think we meet that gap. And I think we can ourselves meet that gap. And there's other opportunities with other flavors and other combination of seeds. I think there's that opportunity to the extent that they're like Phonio or something like Phonio, I think there's opportunity if you get a good sustainable ingredient. But what I've seen coming out is you see seed-based flowers as playing a, coming in and playing a role, which, which is great. I mean, there's a couple new items out there that taste pretty decent and are not using the traditional flowers. But you look deeper and a lot of them still do have the traditional ones. And I think traditional flowers like rice or cassava or almond or a mixture of that. So, you know, a lot of people are trying different things and I think that's good. Whether there's a white space for something new, I think in my experience, there's always something new or white space for something new out there. And we may not even know what that looks like right now. One of the biggest trends I've noticed with crackers in the natural foods arena is sourdough crackers. Could you see yourself getting into something like that or will your focus remain grain-free, gluten-free? Yeah, I think our focus is going to remain grain-free gluten. Sourdough is great. I'm not gluten-free myself or celiac. And I love sourdough. Sourdough has been all the rage through COVID and all that. And you know, there's some great benefits to it. But, you know, I think what our core to us, as I mentioned at the beginning, was gluten-free. And I think that's probably where we'll stay. And that plays into also our manufacturing. You know, since we're gluten-free, we don't have any wheat-based products or gluten-based products in our facility. So, I think it would just complicate things. But I also think it might confuse consumers who are used to flappers. They look to us as being a gluten-free product. And I don't think I'd like want to mix that up. I can see that. And I'm not gluten-free or grain-free either. I think all of them have their advantages. The gluten-free, then the ancient grain, which is not completely grain-free, but it is the grains you use. Those are still gluten-free. And the sourdough, I think that they all have their place in the world of natural, sustainable, organic food. And that's why for my article, I chose to highlight all of them because I think any of those are a better choice than the conventional crackers that are out there. So I want to put equal support behind these different ones. Oh, for sure. Sourdough, I think there's something about sourdough that is more easily digestible for people. And if someone's not celiac, they can tolerate maybe a little bit of gluten. It's kind of their own choice and sourdough can play a role in their diet as well. Going back to at the beginning where we touched upon organic being the certification, that is the requirement for any of the crackers on the list that I made that it is certified organic. There's nothing sprayed on it. That's especially important for the sourdough as a lot of glyphosate can be spread on wheat, but it's important really with any kind of grain-free crackers like yours that they're nothing sprayed. And then the ones that are making like the almond crackers and stuff, because in addition to the unsustainability of how some almonds are grown, almonds can also be sprayed with a lot. So that is the one thing that when you are looking for a better cracker, I do think that the first thing you should look for is that these are organic. There are some grain-free crackers out there on the market, which are not organic. And those ones I personally don't recommend. Right. For me, it's like if someone wants to eat healthy, I think first and foremost, you don't want to whether it's an apple that's sprayed with chemicals or an orange or whatever, 
you don't want chemicals making their way into your body. That's a pretty clear step to take. You want to eat healthy, you want to be healthy. Organic is the kind of table stakes in my view. Me too. And it's nice to know that there are a lot of options now for crackers that are both organic and taste great. We're just about out of time. But before we go, is there anything else that you'd like to let the listeners know about Doctor in the Kitchen and its wonderful Flackers flaxseed crackers? I think from our perspective, my perspective, the thing to think about with Flackers is that Look, if you're making a choice to eat healthy and you're looking for an option, I've always kind of had this idea of eat this, not that. You see that out there. Instead of eating something unhealthy, pick something healthy. I think back to the days, I don't drink a lot of milk or anything these days, but there was a point where you know, I grew up kind of drinking vitamin D, milk, the more fat filled milk. And then at some point I made the choice of I'm going to go to skin milk. So it was the better choice at least in my view, back then. And once you did that, then you can't go backward. And like with crackers, you're going to be healthy. I mean, what a great way to start by just jumping into something healthy and then sticking with it because the alternative is going backwards in my view. And I think if someone's looking to be more healthy or eat something that's a little bit better for them, you just got to make the first step. And I think Flackers is a good entry to do that, at least in the cracker world and the snacking world. I would agree with that. And actually, one more question, as the Super Bowl is coming up this Sunday, which team you're rooting for? Aha, yeah, you know, being up in Minnesota here, I'm a Vikings fan, so we obviously didn't make it. And then being originally from Ohio, I was kind of hoping to see the Bengals in there. So that didn't happen. So now we got the Chiefs and we got the Eagles. And I'm going to lean towards the Eagles, the NFC team. And I used to not be a fan of the Eagles, but the last two Expos that I've been to for Expo East have been in Philadelphia, and I actually fell in love with the city. So I'm rooting for the Eagles. All right. Don, thank you so much for coming on the program. Absolutely, Aaron. I appreciate you having me. That's all for this episode of The Appropriate Omnivore. New episodes of this show are released every Wednesday. Follow me on social media for more information on the next episode. And to make sure you never miss any of my podcasts, go subscribe to The Appropriate Omnivore on your favorite podcast site or app. You can also listen to all my podcasts on my website, appropriateomnivore.com. There you can find recipes from the guests I interview, plus all my articles covering lifestyles in the world of real food. Until next time, my pantry is officially closed. Are you confused about real food and what's healthy and good for the planet? Do you need the facts about local, organic, and sustainable food? Well, get ready to change the way you eat. Get ready for The Appropriate Omnivore with Aaron Zober.